0: This is your host, Jordan Carroll, and welcome to the Sunday Ain't Scary podcast, the show dedicated to those addicted to living outside of their comfort zone, obsessed with designing a life of freedom, and for those who choose to make every day count because they know Sunday ain't scary. Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Sunday Ain't Scary podcast. This is the show dedicated to those addicted to living outside of their comfort zone. That's pretty cool, huh? This is episode number four. If you're looking for episode number three on video, it's on audio, but if you're looking for it on video, you're not gonna find it. So if you've landed here and now you're listening, this is why. I am terrible at shaving, apparently. I use a razor blade with a guard to shave my face, and pretty much every time that I shave nowadays, I cut myself, which is like the plight of any uh, beard grower is having to actually maintain it. Now, when I was in Mexico, I could go to the barber and they would clean up my beard, they'd trim it, they'd shave it, it would be amazing, it would look so pristine. And since I've been back in California, which has been since August, I've had to cut my own beard. And that's been a relearning experience. <laughs> and, and, and even one of the early episodes of this, I could tell after the fact that I had these two big-ass cuts on my face. And then what happened last time, I was filming episode number three. And I filmed it great, end up uh, sending it over the audio to my editor, and I look at the video afterwards. And I have this huge spot on my cheek where it's just dried blood and this big ass cut. Now the problem is when I'm recording this video like this, I can't see myself. So <laughs> and I didn't bother to check until I'd already sent the audio version and got that mastered and mixed and so I just decided I'm not gonna post the video version of that one because it's it's very distracting. It's like a large blotch of my face is just dried blood. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there and this is part of the learning process. I want to share the learning process with you all, the 100 people that listen to this. You learn a lot going through creation, right? When you're creating things, especially spontaneous like this, and in a way where you're going to most likely make some errors. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. Also got a, a lava lamp if you can see that if you're on the video. My sister had I'd given my sister this lava lamp and recently I stole it back. So thank you, Lindsay. Okay. So today I want to talk about what I learned from my best friend dying. Now I know that's not the best transition in the world because I was kind of joking before and now I'm going into a very deep and sensitive, sad topic. And I think, well, first and foremost, I don't, do small talk anymore. I try to get as deep as possible with people. That's one of the reasons why I have this podcast is because I want to talk about some of these deeper thoughts that I have and share these thoughts and and feelings. Because by doing that, I assume that I'm going to attract the type of people that I want to be around, right? So if I meet you in person, just something interesting. If I meet people in person, I'm always feeling like I'm kind of qualifying the depth in which we can have a conversation right away. And uh, I know that may not be the best way to judge. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's just not enough time to waste, right? And, and part of that is the lessons I want to talk about today, which are from my best friend passing away. His name was Danny. He was 30 years old. I was 29 at the time when he passed. So this was it was just over a year ago because I just turned 31. But it was it was tragic. It was a surprise. It was something where I was in Mexico at the time, so I felt very far away from the situation. He was in California. I get a call from one of our mutual friends, and I missed the call, so then I remember opening up my messages and reading this text that said, Danny passed away. And I know there's probably a lot of people who are listening to this who've lost someone close to them. You know, I've lost my grandparents. I've lost extended family that were older, but this was the first time I'd lost somebody who was my age and also one of my closest friends. Danny was one of those people to me that if I was even in the same state as him, I would try to go see him. Danny was one of those people who we had some of the craziest times in college, fun, and at the same time, we were able to relate on a very deep level. We got our first jobs in corporate and exchanged notes and did very similar jobs and had very similar life ambitions and goals. And man, he was a brother of, to me. And so, losing someone that close jarred me, but surprisingly, it didn't right away because I was so far away. And I guess part of why I want to talk about today is one, the different things that I learned, and then kind of reflect on why i think those those lessons are important and applicable to everybody so huh, man it's even to this day it's just so confusing because you feel like there's just so much unanswered but what did i learn i'll share five things one is the, the first thing is that after you die you're not gone right? And, and some of these are going to kind of sound corny or cliche or whatever, but this is real. I, I could say these things, but this is the first time I really felt them, like felt them deep to my core, basically. And a large reason for my ability to be able to come to these lessons was actually the memorial that we did. We had a memorial for him. This is like the shirt right here. It was a, it was a golf tournament. And we went to that and we got to meet up with a bunch of college friends and some of his friends from all different parts of life met up and this is that legacy play, right? Like you don't just die, your legacy stays with you. So even from the afterlife, he there was like 150 people there or something crazy. So even in the afterlife, he was planning parties. And planning people getting together. And it's so funny because we have this notion that our body is the only thing that keeps us here on earth, but couldn't be further from the case, right? Just take the example of people thinking about you. So once you pass away, there are a number of people that will likely think about you. And and maybe from time to time, it may be all the time, depending on your relationship with that person. But just the fact that people continually think about you means that you're not gone. You are there in in some form or fashion, whether that's the spirit or whether that's your memory or whether that's whatever, you are in the collective consciousness of other people. And I always thought that that was very interesting. And then actually feeling it like, oh, Danny's here. Danny is like orchestrating this. Like he doesn't even need to be alive physically in a body for people to get together. For him, if that makes sense. So I thought that, that was really interesting. And having people gather in your honor, it kind of influences some of my decisions. And I think it should influence some of yours. If you feel like you can get on board with this, that your legacy will continue after you die, which I think most of us would probably say that's true. What do you want your legacy to be? What, what is it that you want people to do when you pass away? What is the impact that you want to leave? And how are you going to be talked about? How are you going to be thought about and it's, it's not to say that you should do everything based on what other people are going to think or do, but it's a very interesting concept of designing your life so that when you die, the legacy and the thing that lives beyond your physical body is something that you're proud of and is something that you had orchestrated in some sort of way. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. Number two is that having someone close to you like that never feels real. There's this trouble for the mind to accept. You know, acceptance is really hard for all of us, right? We fight acceptance all the time because change is something that occurs and happens but we we just tend to have this insane amount of resistance to change that our mind can't even practically wrap its head around so i've had trouble accepting that this is real and part of that was just because of how far i was part of that's because i hadn't seen him in probably close to a year so when that person's not part of your direct routine it will it will probably never feel real it might feel a lot more real to a family member or or his significant other or things like that but for me, it's been like, oh man, I guess my mind doesn't have that ability to wrap its head around him actually being gone. The closest I got was doing a speech actually at that memorial. I was it was one of five people who, five people or so, who were able to speak about you know, how he impacted our life and, and all those things. And I'd never gotten that chance. So that was such a huge honor for me to be able to do that. And uh, it really helped make it feel more real in the context of all these other people that were there and his family. But it's still like, it doesn't register sometimes when I think about him. I'm just like, just feel like I can go see him. Number three is that grief is not linear. I know that there's some stages of grief that happen after um, trauma or, or whatever it is that someone's grieving, but I found that grief is very far from linear for me. It, there were, again, right when it initially happened, I didn't feel anything for months. I, I mean, I, I had to like talk to people who knew him to feel anything type of emotion about it because I was so removed. And that's why I say grief is isn't linear. Because finally, by the time that I'd been able to go to this event that we put together, that's finally when I think I, I started really grieving, I started really like, oh, like he's gone. And I think when we go through these new stages of grief, having the perspective that it's not necessarily going to be linear and giving yourself the compassion that you may have waves of times where it's like really hard and waves of times where you don't really think about it as much. I think that's helpful to know up front when losing somebody, as opposed to expecting a straight path, right? And things to happen systematically. So the fourth one would be, we have no idea how much time we have. Uh, again, this is another cliche one. It's like, oh, you never know when you're going to die, but he was 30. It's a wake up call. It is a huge wake up call. And when it happened, I remember thinking to myself, like, I have to live for him. I have to, for the years that he didn't get to live, I need to really, 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 intuitively pay attention to what I want out of life. Because if I don't, it's all going to disappear and I'm not going to have had the chance to experience some of the things that I've wanted to experience. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've led a life that's very focused on experiences. It's why I traveled and lived in 15 different countries, because I wanted to have those experiences. I didn't want to think 20, 30, 40 years later and be like, should have done that. Right. So that's a good lesson of kind of the should, right? Like most people should all over themselves. That's a Tony Robbins quote. Most people should all over themselves. And it's true. We say we should do this. We say we should do that. But should it really take one of our best friends dying and someone who's our age to be that wake up call? I I really hope not, because if you can figure that out beforehand, it, it definitely saves you some of that difficulty. It also made me think a little bit more about what happens when I die as far as like logistical stuff, like where all my information goes, like especially with digital information, which is a very curious thing. It's like, how does someone access my computer and like all that shit when I die? So this him... Leaving early and me realizing that I could be gone tomorrow too makes me think more about what am I preparing logistically so that my family's okay, so that they can get the information they need, they could get the money out that they needed from my account. You know, things like that where we may not think about that at an early age, but now that the digital world has kind of changed everything, I think it's actually relevant for us to be thinking about that earlier and earlier. The last thing and and this is something I already knew and in practice but it deepened my relationship to gratitude and having gratitude for every day when I wake up in the morning I'm so thankful and I'm not saying this to be a dick like I feel like there's a lot of virtue signaling and like humble bragging that goes along with this kind of stuff but we also need to take ourselves out of thinking that every time someone shares something positive or that they're grateful for that they are doing it for ulterior motives. If we can just accept that someone being grateful and someone expressing their gratitude and expressing positivity is just that, and it's actually emitting a different energy into the world that is better for the world, then I think we could all be a little bit happier. So that gratitude for me is undying. Like I wake up and again, in different situations in my life, I've woken up and had those Sunday scaries, right? Or, or not felt grateful for a job that I was doing but in perspective to everything and in the long scheme of things to be able to wake up is a gift we are all miracles statistically speaking for the fertilization of the egg that we were and the sperm that we were man like Unless you were born in like a clone labs. (laughs) Is that happening? Are people being clones? Are you alien? We got aliens on this podcast. But just to be that one sperm that met that one egg, like think about the chances of that happening. You do not know how much time you, you have. Be grateful for it, right? Be grateful for every day. The gift is life itself. It's not when something good happens in life. It's life itself. So I recommend you experience as much of life through a lens of gratitude as you can. Uh, I don't want to be preachy. That's not what this is about. But hopefully some of the things that I've shared with you, whether it be after you die, you're not gone and looking into what that legacy means for you and what you want your legacy to be, it will never feel real. Kind of understanding that when you go through that grief, One, it's not going to feel real, and it's also not going to be linear. And then also, we don't know how much time we have, so be grateful for every single day. I hope that these lessons have reaffirmed some things. I imagine that most people out there, a lot of people out there probably know a lot of these things, but I had to experientially feel them for them to mean what they mean to me today. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have an amazing day. Keep wondering. You're not lost. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunday Ain't Scary podcast. If you found value from this show... Please consider three free ways that you can support, all of which will be linked in the show notes. Number one is leave a review, reviews of the lifeblood of any podcast and help others to find me. Number two, subscribe or follow wherever it is that you're listening to this right now. Number three, share with one friend who needs to hear the message from today. If you're interested in the video version of this podcast, you can go to my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jordan Carroll or check out the show notes which will have links to all my social platforms websites and anything mentioned in the show thank you and until next time keep wandering you're not lost